Hello and welcome to the New Year's special of the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. This is our New Year's special, where we bid farewell to 2020, where we bring you some highlights from interesting conversations we had throughout the year with some remarkable guests, and we welcome 2021 with open arms and optimism. I'd like to kick things off by thanking our sponsors, Quilt AI, who joined us during 2020 and who are doing some remarkable work, some remarkable and innovative research, looking at empathy and how people understand each other on the internet, amongst other things. And one piece of research that they looked at that I thought was really worth highlighting today in today's New Year's special as we embark on the new year was the manifestation of joy on Twitter. They segmented two time periods, a time period pre-COVID-19 in December of last year, and then another time period during the height of the pandemic in April of 2020. And the interesting bit that they found was that people were actually expressing themselves more joyfully and highlighting aspects of joy to a higher degree during the pandemic than before it. In actual fact, they found that joy increased during COVID-19. Joy tweets actually increased by 8.8% in volume compared to pre-COVID levels. And I think that's wonderful because that tells us that the human spirit is highly resilient. And in actual fact, we have the opportunity to do great things for the year ahead and to build back better. And this is all reflected in the many episodes I hosted throughout 2020. Yes, indeed, the world faced and is facing incredible challenges but there is the opportunity to build back better and embrace a forward stance to be full of optimism and to embark on the year ahead with wide eyes full of joy what follows on today's episode are snippets and key takeaways from a handful of some of the many remarkable guests that i've hosted on the do one better podcast throughout 2020 and before we listen to them What I'd like to do is to take this opportunity to thank you for tuning in every week, for subscribing and for sharing and for your invaluable feedback. And most of all, for your big heart in trying to improve the world around us. The Do One Better podcast is a family and I wish each and every one of you a happy new year, a festive season. I wish you good health and happiness wherever you might be on this wonderful world of ours. Enjoy today's New Year's special, and I very much look forward to seeing you in 2021. Be well. Today, it's such a pleasure to welcome on board Fran Perrin, who is the founder of 360 Giving. She's also a philanthropist and a fifth-generation member of the Sainsbury's family. So tell me, what is that key takeaway that you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to the podcast? The takeaway I would offer is particularly for donors, philanthropists and foundation staff, which is if we value the role of philanthropy in a modern society, we have to be willing to open up and work to constantly improve our practice. Uh, I, I celebrate philanthropy. It's not always perfect. We make loads of mistakes. But overall, I think it's a force for good in the world. I want more people to give and to give more But I also want to constantly ask, what does it mean to give well? And if there isn't going to be 
real sort of external accountability and levers for change, we have to do that ourselves. We have to scrutinise each other, encourage each other, and then hopefully society can judge that what we're doing is worth continuing. Today, it really is an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the Do One Better podcast, Sir Dave King, the former UK government chief scientific advisor. He is a fellow of the Royal Society, and he is passionate about tackling the climate crisis that we face today. Before we wrap up, let me ask you for a key takeaway. What um, what would you love our listeners to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? And and perhaps it's simply a recap of what we've been talking about. But what is that salient point you'd love somebody to keep in mind after they finish listening to you today? My salient point is going to be a, a reasonably lengthy sentence, uh, <laughs> which, which is, we are faced with the worst, biggest challenge humanity has ever had to face up to in terms of its future, with what is now happening much more rapidly than was predicted by climate scientists even 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, if we don't act quickly, we are really going to be unable to cope with this uh, enormous challenge. Uh, but we know what we need to do, and we need to get support from governments, we need to get support from companies, and we need to get support from philanthropists in order to manage this problem. I believe we can do it. Today, really, it is an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the show Per Hegenis, who is the CEO of the IKEA Foundation. Let me ask you for a key takeaway. What's the key thing that you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? It's really that we have very limited time left to uh, preserve the planet and ensure that the world lives within the planetary borders and does whatever it can to, to reduce greenhouse gases because without that, uh, almost everything else becomes secondary. Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on board John Goodwin, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the LEGO Foundation. Tell me a little bit about a key takeaway. If, if uh, there's one key takeaway that you want people to keep in mind, what would that be? One takeaway that, that I'm getting is that no individual chooses to be displaced. They don't choose to be a refugee. Mm -hmm. And yet a lot of the narrative, unfortunately, that surrounds refugees and displaced individuals is one of negativity towards the individuals that are displaced. And I just think that all of us that work in the aid sector need to ensure that we are alongside the, 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 the terrible plight that these people often find themselves, also be presenting to the wider society that there is hope and there can be positivity out of this mm -hmm. if society is more receptive to their fellow human beings. So trying yeah. to talk about that, the situation in, in uh, a positive light and, and changing the narrative slightly to incorporate the opportunities if we approach, uh, and, and not we in this context, I'm talking about all of humanity, not the people that work in the humanitarian space, but the, the full society, looks in more with a more of a lens of embrace. Today we are talking with Ben Davis, who is the executive director of the Johnson & Johnson Foundation. What's the key takeaway you'd love for the audience to keep in mind 
after they finish listening to today's episode? I think working in health systems, sometimes it can become highly complex. And um, I guess all of us work within a systemic approach. Sometimes you need to break it down into its uh, components. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think we all, you know, anybody who's listening to, to this podcast, I think the reason you're listening is that you're a change maker in, in your organization. And not to lose the momentum, not to lose faith in what you believe in. Uh, some days are much tougher than, than others. And all of us, I'm sure, are working on systemic change. Every little bit counts. And I think building, you know, what you invest today in terms of relationships uh, with your colleagues, with your, um, with, with, uh, with your partners, uh, will always come back and support you in, in the future. And I think, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, little wins are a big part of a big win. And mm. not forgetting that, I think, is, is such an important part of our own resilience as change makers is that celebrate the small wins because they will all help lead up to the bigger win as we move into the future. It's a pleasure to welcome on board Dr. Tony Nader, who is the CEO of the Transcendental Meditation Organizations. Tell me. As we're wrapping up the conversation, what's the key takeaway that you'd love for our audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? What's the key thing that you think worthwhile keeping in mind after the show? We keep in mind that we are fullness within. Every one of us is wholeness, is totality. And there is something very beautiful, very deep within ourselves. It's our consciousness that is an expanded field of being that we can reach, that we can experience, know the beauty of who we are, know ourselves in the real depths of what we are, and live life in fullness and wholeness and perfection. This is the birthright of every human being, and it is not a hope or a wish. It can be achieved systematically, scientifically, repeatedly. Today we have two wonderful guests. Craig Silverstein and Mary Obelnicki. They are a couple who have founded Echidna Giving. It's a foundation that looks at educating girls in the developing world. And it's a very interesting conversation that we're going to have today because uh, Craig and Mary have both signed the Giving Pledge. And, uh, and Craig is also uh, employee number one at Google, the first person that Larry and Sergey ever hired. What's that key takeaway that you'd love for our audience to keep in mind after they uh, finish listening to the podcast? Oh yeah. Well, we have we thought about it ahead of time. We have three, ah, so we can wonderful. we can dial them up. So the first one is definitely you know like start and be humble and learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Sounds perfectly sensible to me. To do them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then the next one is to just you know like the, what we talked about already, which was be deliberate and have a bu- a budget, track mm-hmm. it, and don't be reactive. You know, don't just be reactive. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then that the people with the greatest need don't have access to you to ask. Yes. If your if your goal is museum construction, that's fine. If your goal is poverty alleviation or something else where the communities you're serving are very socially removed from your own social network, then you must do the work to go against kind of the existing privilege of access. And I just have to ask. 
Um, what was it like being employee number one at Google? Um, there's a lot of long hours. Um, so, you know the movie The Social Network? I do. There's an almost entirely not that. Um, you know, there's, it's, I mean, it was doing stuff that I loved, so I loved doing it, but, you know, it's a lot of long hours hunched over a computer screen, and you don't really understand the impact it's making um, in the world, except very indirectly when you start to see press coverage and you start to see people coming up to you and saying that, you know, I heard about this thing called Google, and then you find out that they did not actually hear about it from your mom. Sure. And that, you know, that's kind of what you see um, as happening. But, you know, I started doing Google because I really believed in the power of making information available. Um, and, you know, there's a ton of information on the web. There was even a ton of information on the web way back then. Um, and I believe that Google did a better job of surfacing that information to people who needed it than anything prior. So, you know, it was kind of a, a labor of love for me. I'm very, I'm very grateful and very happy that it turned out to be so successful. But you know, the reason I did it is because, you know, I believed in the mission of the company and, and I loved doing the work of it. Yeah. And, and I wanted to, to give a shout out to you. I've done multiple podcasts before and, you know, interviewing is an art. And um, I just want to say I was, I was impressed with the job that you did. Today, it's a really great pleasure to welcome on board Dr. Tarek Algorg, who is the Chief Executive Officer and also sits on the Board of Directors of Dubai Cares. Just before we wrap up, a key takeaway sure. for our listeners, what's that salient message you'd like to share with our listeners before they wrap up the show? Um, we have 75 million children and youth in emergencies. Mm. We have over 400 million children and youth, if we don't invest more into them, into their education today, I'm emphasizing on the word more. So if investments stay as they are today and we don't invest more, 400 million children will not finish high school by 2030. That's almost half of the population of Europe, if you just think about it. And and if we do nothing today again, when it comes to youth or to the children of today, who some of them would be youth, 800 million children and youth in 2030 will graduate, will finish high school, but they won't have the adequate skills for the job market at that time. Mm -hmm. So these are very crazy numbers. 800 million is the size of Europe almost. And if, if you're going to put 400 million as a number, 400 million is the uh, Arab population. So I'm trying to put different demographics in, in, in different ways mm. here. Education, as I mentioned earlier, only two and a half percent of global humanitarian funding goes towards education. We don't need any scientific evidence or research to prove that education can eliminate poverty. Education is everything. We won't be talking over Skype via internet or ethernet or whatever technology we're using if it wasn't for education. Listeners won't be hearing this if it wasn't for education. Mm -hmm. Our medicines, our health systems won't be perfect, won't be cost effective if it's not for education. Today we're talking about the Roger Federer Foundation and it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on board one of their board members and a personal friend, Sandra Giuliani. So ultimately you're looking for quality, you're looking for scale, you're focusing a lot on this 
target 4.2 of the sustainable development goals and you're you're coming up with the, the product and the innovation but really you're looking for partners who would ultimately help you execute and deploy um, this sort of knowledge-based uh, solution to a really big broad audience exactly and maybe the the the, the additional element we we really partner also for the implementation with locally rooted and professional and knowledge partners in the communities in the countries so we um, we really feel that um, it is the organizations um, on the spot that know how to to tackle um, the, the work with the teachers with the local authorities so we are there quite 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 hands off um, as a foundation and really partner with the right local organizations to, to do the implementation today it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on board brian gallagher who is the president and chief executive officer of the united way worldwide one of the things that you know I think is so important in terms of the conversations that you're having, for instance, is that innovation and change can happen in 100-year-old organizations and can happen in 100-day-old organizations. But we need to connect with each other. We need to be willing to um, hear each other as, whether it's corporations, foundations, old nonprofits, new nonprofits. Um, innovation is when we put our different applications and thinking together. So I, I honestly, I think the only thing that can stop us is us and, mm. and our unwillingness to think expansively and, and collaboratively and generously. Yeah. Uh, if we do that, then we'll succeed. It's kind of like the 10 year success horizon generally. If we will be open to, uh, we're better together than we are apart, then our future will be bright. And, um, and I feel the same way about philanthropy generally. It's um, let's be generous. Let's let's share with each other. Let's um, let's not let's not define each other outside of understanding each other. And and if we'll if we'll do that, um, uh, there's nothing that that can there's nothing that'll stop philanthropy generally and therefore society. And we have a wonderful guest on board, Howard Taylor, who is the executive director of the Global Partnership to End Violence Against Children. Tell me, what's the um, key takeaway? What key takeaway might you have for our listeners once they finish listening to the to today's episode? What would you like them to keep in mind? I guess a couple of things. I think one, one to say that we can, and that's the global we, but we can and must do more to protect children during COVID-19. Some of the things I've mentioned, many of the things which are on our website, which I mentioned earlier, um, so first of all, we can and must do more to protect children in, in, during COVID-19. And then secondly, I think to have um, an optimism that uh, coming out of COVID, the world isn't going to be the same as it was before. Um, and so what's it going to look like to build back differently? Um, whether that's around the level of a consciousness and awareness of the issue, whether it's around action that's taken to address the issue of violence and abuse of children. Um, but I think do more now. Um, and in doing so, be more aware and then let's build back differently um, as, we, as we come out of this crisis to whatever the next, the next new normal is going to look like for children all over the world. And leveraging that raised awareness, which, we, which may be a byproduct of, uh, of the crisis, um, leveraging that and other actions to build, build back differently um, and you know, accelerate, I guess, the pace of laying those foundations I mentioned earlier to, to bring the prevalence of violence against children down is with Quilt AI's co-founder, Anurag Banerjee. And um, a key takeaway for our audience, what's that key thing you'd love for them to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? 
the, the internet is still in its infancy. We, we think of it as something that's been here forever, but it's only 20 years old in, in some ways, yeah, particularly sort of technical uh, start date definitions. But between Amazon and Google, they've only been here a couple of decades. So the, the next version of the internet, the way information will be indexed, the way we'll experience it, all these are things to come. And I think those are fascinating times. And it'll be more than just clicking and having Amazon deliver stuff to you in, within two hours. Um, it, it will mean fundamentally going up Maslow's pyramid. And I think the internet needs to get there. Right now, it's all about getting us uh, basic information answered, basic transactions done. But there is, uh, there is so much more of that. And today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome two guests on board from the Aga Khan Foundation. First guest is Matt Reed, who is the CEO of the Aga Khan Foundation in the UK, and also Tini Soni, who is the CEO of the Aga Khan Foundation in India. Just wanted to ask you if you have one key takeaway for our listeners, uh, a key observation, something that you really think would be great for listeners to keep in mind as they go about their daily lives or as they try to improve the world through their work or volunteering or philanthropy, what might that be? So uh, sometimes, you know, we find uh, the greatest stories of courage and empowerment among, uh, you know, those whom we otherwise think of as poor. I have found some of the greatest stories of empowerment among these women that we work in. I mean, sometimes I feel that if I was in their position, I would never have been able to make that change. But the odds with which they have kind of pushed back against and have really made that change for themselves. I always feel that, you know, like that potential is there in everyone. Mm. And with a little bit of support, these people can actually take that potential so much further that you cannot even imagine that. And I see that almost every time I go into these communities that I work in. I mean, I come across uh, women who manage irrigation systems, who are almost like lawyers in their own right, that mm. they will not allow their communities to grow sugarcane. And they stand by those decisions because sugarcane is a water guzzling crop. And if we just pump out all the water, where it's going to go? I mean, these are your climate change warriors. They don't have that kind of education and they don't have all of the thesis, but they know that this is uh, where the difference is going to happen. When we see uh, women who've actually, uh, you know, pushed back against the violence that they have received within their homes and have actually taken the courage to step out and say that we will serve our community in this way and become entrepreneurs in our own right. So I think the potential is very, very much there with that little support that potential can really become an agent of change. So I think that's very inspiring. I mean, sometimes when we see the larger picture and you know we, we get a bit demotivated, we go back into the communities that we work with. And it's those stories of courage and inspiration that actually inspire us as well. Absolutely wonderful. Matt, do you have any parting thoughts? Any, any parting thoughts from your side now that you've rejoin the podcast today no how could i none at all how could i possibly top uh, tinny in that sense i mean this is why no i mean i you know honestly i mean this is why working with her was such a pleasure when i was in india and i was so happy that she became my successor and, and took my place as the ceo because she's take you can you can hear the depth of her understanding of the issues on the ground but what you you might not know or you might you haven't probably haven't heard enough is that you know when tinny goes in and she talks to policymakers um and she 
is able to bring those stories of change on the ground to policy fora and to you know real recommendations to the government of India for making real change at scale that's where the power of our organization is and i think you, know, you get a sense of why uh, having people like tinny on the ground is so important for us today we are talking with jeffrey abramson and jeffrey is a philanthropist he is someone who's been involved with transcendental meditation for i think over three decades and he is the co-founder of the Arona and Jeffrey Abramson Foundation. What's that key takeaway? What's the key thing that you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to the episode? Solutions exist. So for all these global you know, issues we've discussed, they just need to be implemented by people who care. So I think change is possible. And it always starts with one person. And I have found for real systemic change to happen must begin first within each of us. And I think it's also important to reflect, though, on where, where real sustainable passion comes from. It comes from the fullness of an ever-flowing free heart and soul. Every act counts. There's always a domino effect to the people you touch, you know, with simple generosity and kindness. So do something that drives you, that fills your heart. Uh, it doesn't need to be complicated. Plant a tree, meditate, you know, donate, volunteer. It's, it's simple. Help put proven solutions to work, make a difference, and trust in your goodness. Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on board Edwin Macharia, who is the Global Managing Partner at Dahlberg Advisors. What's your key takeaway? What's the one thing you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? I think it is this question of moral universe, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, a question that I've been racking my brain on is, how do we expand individuals' moral universe? How can we virally expand empathy and people's ability to understand how interconnected we are? And therefore, looking out for each other is in our own, you know, selfish best interests. And and so where, you know, and I know that is a big, hairy question, uh, which without easy answers to, but hopefully when when we look at we look back at this crisis we can we can say did we build back better because all our interventions had a person you know had a person at the center of what we were trying to achieve and that person was not those who we currently consider to be in our moral universe but it's actually much more global and much more expansive uh, because i think that's the only way we will we will find long-term solutions to this challenge. To me, COVID-19 is the first of challenges humanity is going to face, right? Uh, climate change is just waiting around the corner. And if we can use this crisis to build back better um, and an ability to respond, will require us to all start from a position of, of greater and deeper empathy, particularly for leaders uh, across the world, and then hopefully um, create the, the systems, the uh, and the institutions to make that possible. It's a great pleasure to welcome someone 
I've met before in a couple of instances at different philanthropy forums, Mabel Van Orangi. She is the founder and chair of Girls Not Bride. She is also a human rights activist. She's a member of the Dutch royal family. And she's also a serial entrepreneur for social change. What's the key takeaway you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to this episode? Um, that while change needs to happen locally, we can all make contributions. And, uh, and if you do not live in a community where child marriage is happening, but you still want to contribute, do two things. Either push your local uh, lawmakers in your own country to change the laws if 18 isn't yet the minimum age of marriage without exceptions and secondly do go to vow to end child marriage and make sure that if you're getting married you vow your wedding if your friends are getting married make sure that they vow their wedding and that you donate to vow ah. and thank you in advance very much for everything you do i mean one of the <laughs> most important lessons in my life of change making is everybody can make a difference but nobody can do it alone or maybe, you know, Alberto, as Archbishop Tutu would say, mm -hmm. if you want to create big change, and yeah. that's what we're trying to do here, yeah. you need to create an enormous wave of change. Yes. And never forget that a big wave is composed of millions and millions of drops of water. And I'm one of those drops. And you, by doing this podcast, are one of those drops. And all these member organizations are drops and everybody who's listening to this can be a drop of water and then together we create that wave of change i absolutely love it that's wonderful and that's a wrap for 2020 thank you so much for tuning in week after week for listening for sharing for subscribing and for your invaluable feedback as well have a healthy and happy new year a wonderful festive season wherever you might be and i very much look forward to seeing you again in 2021 in the meantime, have a look at our website at liji.org, that's L-I-D-J-I.org, where we have episode notes and almost 100 episodes, and some insight that I think you'll find interesting as you try to bring yourself up to speed and get inspiration for improving the world around us. Be well, and we'll see you in the new year.